Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we'll have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to make sure you're all current on the awesome speakers we have coming up and other exciting opportunities. So we're creating an email distro list. If you want to get on it, just head over to boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email. A quick bit of housekeeping, in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can, we're actually going to keep hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open and this week I will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. We are thrilled to be joined by the incomparable Brad Highland. Brad was born on April 1st, 2016. Okay, not really, but that's when he says he really started living. The day he started full time as a voice actor. After quitting a first career that spanned 35 years, and that's a scary jump, man. Brad's VO training actually started nearly 30 years ago, and he spent two decades dabbling in stand-up comedy and movie extra work, as well as honing his pipes as frontman for a rock and blues band for eight years. Pretty cool. A multi-one-voice award-winning and SOBUS-nominated actor, Brad is an actively booking voiceover talent, coach, and mentor. Some of his favorite works include being the voice of Santa for Elf on the Shelf, narrating films for the national parks like Crazy Horse Monument in South Dakota and the Craters of the Moon National Park in Idaho, and also loves booking multiple character voices for video games, which is very cool. Hey, Brad. Wow, that was really nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. So have you been? I've been super good. I'm really pumped after VO Atlanta. It was it was epic. It was really epic. And the people, the people that were there know what I'm talking about. It was just really, really fun. It was pretty amazing. So let's start at the very beginning with the story of how you ended up in voiceover full time. Um, I voiceover is something I wanted to do my whole life. And I, I wanted to do it back when I didn't even know what voiceover was. You know, as a kid, I loved um, all the holiday animated specials, especially Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Even, even way back then, I had all the characters. I had those lines all memorized, and I still do. So when I watch it, I'll do all the characters as they're speaking. Um, but it's just, it's just something that was just a mystery to me. And then I think it was, uh, I went back to my alma mater, and I did some stand-up comedy for some big event. And this was 33 years ago, and my one of my best friends said, you should do voiceover. And I was like, hmm, that would be great. Why don't you tell me what voiceover is? And he told me the whole, whole he, was, he was running a company or starting a company that was right on the bleeding edge of um, digital everything. And about six weeks later, somebody else said, you should do voiceover. So I said, oh, great idea. And then somebody said, hey, I heard there's like this little thing going on at Towson for people that want to do voiceover. So I went to see that. And then I hooked up with a, a person here locally in Maryland and started training one-on-one. -on -one. And I did, about, I did about a year and a half of really aggressive one-on-one um, -on -one and group training master classes. And then we wrote and cut my first demos. And then I started uh, getting some traction locally, but it, it sucks when you have to take a half a day vacation to go audition because there were no home studios back then. So mm -hmm. um, that's that was my start way back when. All right. But the, the full time came in with. Um, in 2015, uh, because I'd been dabbling in all these other things and performing and singing, um, my wife, Kathy, knew this is what I was supposed to do. And we were on a bike ride in April in 2015. And I was just talking, talking, talking about how badly I wanted to be a voice actor. And she stopped her bike in the middle of the path and said, you, mister, to quote my mom, mister, you have to do this. <laughs> and she, she just said, you, and she like blessed me with the permission of going for it. You know, how do you, how do you throw away 35 years of working in a career with, you know, 
a great income and paid vacation and profit sharing and golden handcuff money and all the things that happen. And you just throw it away. And that's what I did. I quit in September of 2015. And I went full time after healing my soul for a few months. April of 2016, I just started kicking indoors because that's what I knew I had to do. Awesome. So tonight we're going to talk about um, casting sites and how to really make the best of those and book work and do all the things that we need to do to utilize those casting sites. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly you're, you're very effective at that. And I realize that that's only a, a piece of the puzzle. Um, are there any specific platforms that you prefer? Well, to work when with? I, yeah, when I started, um, the person that was giving me advice and helping me was involved with all the casting sites and I didn't know about marketing. He just said, Hey, you've got this great range and versatility. You should just start doing what I did. And back then that person was, you know, making about 250 grand doing voiceover using casting sites. So I just sort of said, okay, I can do that. And that's what I did. And I'm, it, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people, I tell them, don't do what I did because it's a really tough road if you just rely on one thing. You have, to, you have to own your business and you have to market and you have to do all the things that you need to do. But don't be afraid of casting sites. They've gotten such a bad rep and people are so afraid and have all the horror stories and everybody's out. You know, it's really fun to pig pile on casting sites of all kinds. And there's different levels. Uh, you just need to be smart and use the ones that are good and know how to use them and make them work for you. Yeah. And things are different, you know, than they were eight years ago. I started using the pay to plays um, in 2015. And that first year I, I was back from, you know, stay at home mom to full time pay. Um, but yeah, yeah, things have definitely changed. Um, yeah, for sure. Are there any that you're still that you still use? Oh, yeah. Time? Yeah, absolutely. My one of the things that I that I love to share with people is every time you book a job, you have to figure out how to make that job, make that customer a returning customer. And then when you get when you get about 100 of those returning customers that come back to you periodically, you can you can start off a Monday without, you know, oh, no new bookings. But sure enough, it's the returning customers that float your financial boat. Mm -hmm. And then with the use of your own marketing and properly using casting sites and being careful and smart about them, you can make a you can make a grand living that way in voiceover full time. What does careful and smart mean when you use those terms? Um, I think a big mistake people, especially brand new people is, you know, they'll get a demo, they'll get a little bit of training, they'll get a demo from somewhere, maybe it's a demo mill or whatever, and all of a sudden they're kicked loose in the voiceover world and they're like, I'm a voiceover. And so they jump into voices.com or, um, you know, any, any platform and realize that it's not just sitting in a dark room with, a, with an iPhone and a USB mic and a blanket around you. It's it is a whole thing. It's a whole business. And um, the mistake people make is when they jump into casting sites and treat it like I'm going to practice and see what I'm good at and see you need to be good. You need to be a pro so that you can demand the, the right rates for the work. And you need, need to know what are the right rates so that when you're using the casting sites, it's just a really sharp tool in your chest of, of growing your business. Absolutely. Um, do you have sort of Brad Highland's rules of engagement for a casting site? Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I probably should make some of those. Like, here's my, here's my 10 commandments of casting sites. But generally speaking, you have to know the creature that you're dealing with. You have to know what are the, <clears throat> what are the risks and what are the dangers and what are they good at and what do they suck at? And um, how to use each one. They're very similar in many ways, but you have to, number one is you have to be good. You have to be a good voice talent and you, you can't just be able to do, you know, like come down and get two for one tomorrow. You know, you can't just do that kind of stuff. You've got to know what's, what people want and what people 
are booking talent for. And when you get onto a casting site, you have to have a profile that is dialed to the max. Each one allows you to set up your profile and you have to have all the details of who you are and all the things. And you have to have many, many, many samples tagged properly on, the, on those sites so that you have better searchability and better traction with people knowing you're out there. Um, and then it's, it's a matter of just hustling, you know, getting a whole lot done and not sweating too bad. I mean, you, you have to make sure it's perfect, get it out there and do it over and over and over again. Cause it is a numbers game when you're starting. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have criteria for selecting the auditions that you're going to submit to? Yeah, I do. And in, in my, at, at one voice, I had two sessions. One was on just sort of overall running a business and how to be successful. And the other was sort of a hands-on for casting site auditioning and the difference. Um, because I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that really spin their wheels on, on trying to, trying to use the casting sites and they're spending 20, 40, you know, minutes or more on each audition opportunity and they're overthinking it and they're over analyzing it. They're over processing, they're over editing. And by the time they actually get it sent in, somebody's already made up their mind. And with casting sites, generally speaking, they're giving you about five seconds, maybe, of listening time before they click good and they shortlist you or they go, no. So they're listening one after another. Click, no. Click, and eh, no. Click, God, no. That's someone. That's somebody in their mom's kitchen. Click, no, click, no, click, no. And then they hear somebody who catches their attention and they go, oh, that's a nice little breath of fresh air, shortlist. And they go through as, as many as they have to, and sometimes it's 50 or 100 or 150, before they get four, five, eight, 10, 12 shortlisted that are competitive. And then they'll go back and listen a little bit more and then whittle that down to three to five. And they'll send those off to the customer to choose or they will choose. So you got to get shortlisted or you're, you're not in the game. Let me ask. So aside from, um, you know, having been at a conference and joining one of your um, sessions, how can people get quality information about the different casting sites? You know, you're saying, you know, do your research you know, people are in Facebook groups and, you know, there's the, like you said, there's the naysayers and the haters. And, and then there's people that are like, no, I do great on those. And then there's some people who say, don't even use casting sites at all. Get away from them. So where are you encouraging folks to find information so that they can make a really qualified decision about which one or more casting sites to participate on? I think everybody's got a circle of influence that they operate in and, Within that circle of voice talent, you have people that are on casting sites and you have people that are crushing, crushing this job and they're using casting sites. They have great agents. They're marketing like crazy and they've got the whole thing going. So you have to talk to those people and pick their brains or, you know, people can people can email me and I'll I always Zoom for free with people for a few minutes just to figure out what they're doing and find out a couple of questions and then. If it's a match, I'll work one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, I'm not a tech expert and I'm not, um, I'm not a casting site expert. I'm not Armin or, you know, Rolf or anything like that. I just know how to use the ones that I'm using and, and make them work for me and combine that with running a, a real business. Because if you just, you know, if you go to a demo mill and you get a demo and you cut it up and then you get on voices.com and you think you're going to make it. It ain't going to happen. It's going to be a very tough slog and you're going to be unhappy. You're muted, JT. Mute, mute. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think your full demo is great for your website. It's great for approaching an agent. Um, nobody on a casting site is with the exception of one client who took six months to pick me for a project. And I just figured they'd forgotten about it. 
they are the only person in seven years that I've been on this particular casting site who actually told me that they listened to all of my demos. <laughs> yeah. Um, people have no time, you know, and um, the voice buying, the voice buying situation isn't going to change. It's only going to get, you know, they're going to be expected to do more with less. And they're, it's just like everybody else in the world. They're asking everybody to do more with less and do it faster and better. Um, so, the the voice buyers on casting sites are listening for they're listening for one thing when you send it in and it's not how great your studio is it's not they they have a they have it in their brain of what they want and if your voice is what they kind of what they want and you know you you didn't screw up the beginning of your audition you get shortlisted um but that's that's why on casting sites, you the auditioning process has to be really tight, a great process. You have to trust all your equipment and get a get an audition done quickly and have it be broadcast ready sound, bullseye, boom, out the door. My casting site auditions take, you know, average of four to five minutes. And I can if when I sit down and I have a free afternoon and I want to get out a bunch, I can do 20 in an afternoon of high quality, every single one that I send out, I don't, I don't have gnashing of teeth and weeping and praying. I just send it out and I know that it is perfect. I don't send it out unless when I click send, my feeling is I'm going to book that every single time. I'm going to book this. Click send. I do another one. I'm going to book that. Click send. And then, you know, you, you do enough of that and you get a few people that are going, yeah, this is perfect. You're just right for it. I tell people all the time, if they listen and click no and delete you after five seconds, it's not necessarily that you suck. It's because, and I learned this from J. Michael Collins um, when I, I remember I was, um, I had a really nice job. I was the voice of Prestone Coolant. And I, they loved what I did and they said, hey, it looks like you're going to be the voice of Prestone. We're going to do the fall anthem and the winter anthem. And it's going to be great. So I had a, directed session planned. And two days before the session, I got a phone call from somebody I didn't know. And they said, yeah, um, yeah, we're not going to need you, but thanks anyway. And I was like, oh, oh, woo, 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 woo. Um, so why aren't you going to need me? And, and they said, oh, um, yeah, there's a new guy in, in creative and he just has somebody he likes. So no, nothing, you know, I was crushed for a day. Right. And I told J. Michael about it. I was real embarrassed. I didn't even want to tell him. And he kind of laughed at me and he goes, dude, I, I'll lose a five figure customer every month. And I just will go get another one because it's not that you sucked. You were a prime rib and they wanted salmon on a plank. It's just, don't worry about it. Just go get somebody else. So that's my, that's my attitude on casting sites is I make them perfect. I know I'm perfect for the job. I send it out there and then I don't worry about it. And I go do a bunch more. Very cool. Um, the age old question to slate or not to slate. Um, this is very interesting and I'm not going to give out all the secrets that I have here, but, um, I have a little method that I help people with and I'll just tell you this for your agents, you better follow exactly what your agents ask you to do for slating. If they say tail slate, you better tail slate with the name they tell you exactly how to do it. Front slate, it better be a front slate without any other crap in there. <clears throat> and when they say don't slate, don't slate, don't slate in their instructions, that means don't slate. And if you do, you're probably just going to piss somebody off and they're going to delete it without even listening to it. So agent stuff, I just follow their instructions completely. There is some freedom on the casting site side that I've had some really interesting, fun results with. Um, but you know, if people are interested, they they can they can reach out and we can talk. But um, the people on the other end of the casting site auditioning process are a little bit different, and I would say generally no, you don't slate. Just generally no, unless somebody's asked you to slate something casting sites, there's a little bit of difference there. Okay. Yeah. I've, 
I personally have, um, I've tried to experiment a little bit with the, the slating and not slating mm -hmm. to see if it makes a difference. And um, I, I keep notes in my CRM when I'm doing little experiments like that. And I would say I, I didn't notice a difference in my, my booking one way or another. What yep. I did notice, and I don't know if it's, if it's in relative or just coincidence. Um, I find that when I slate, people will actually message me on the platform and say, Hey, we thought you were great. We booked somebody else, but we're going to keep you in mind for something else. And I don't know if it's just that, that connection, like it gives them a name to put with the voice that maybe they like in a, in a smaller, cause they're only listening to that 50 or a hundred versus, you know, a casting agent who's listening to 800 today. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, yeah. I've found that that helps yeah, a little bit. Yep. And anything that takes them out of the boredom of listening to, you know, 50 people say, at Union Bank, we're here for you. You know, they're <laughs> going to listen to men and women say that line virtually the same way 50 times. At Union Bank, we're here for you. And the, <laughs> and the person that doesn't do that and they're like, they're figuring out who asked them a question or what's what happened right before they say their first line and it grabs the attention of the voice buyer, they're already snapped into, oh, that's a little different. Let me listen to an extra whole five seconds of that. Right. And then if they like it, shortlisted, and then they'll come back and expand a little bit more. And then you have a, you, if you don't get shortlisted, you're done. You know, sometimes people, and people have stories all the time. Oh my gosh. I just got a call and they said, we loved your audition. We're going to use it. Send me a bill. That happens. It's happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's happened to anybody that's been, that's been at this for a while. Those are few and far between, you know, you, you've got to get their attention. You get shortlisted, you get booked for the job. And then, then the magic happens. Yeah. Those are little unicorn jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I tell people it's like, um, taking taking a pair of jeans out of the dryer and finding a $50 bill in it that jeans you that you washed you know and folded and put away and forgot and then you're putting them on the first time you stick your hand down there and it's like $50 oh my gosh you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so what in your opinion makes an audition stand out um i think the most critical thing for auditioning on a casting site is anything that's going to grab their attention that is within the boundaries of the job. You know, I don't think you want to just, I don't think you want to be crazy and um, start off with all kinds of crazy stuff. But if your slate is like, if, if, if I want to get deleted right away, my slate would be Brad Highland. Thanks for listening. Here's two takes for you. You know, something that's fake and salesy. <laughs> They're just going to go, oh, shut your face, shut your pie hole. I don't even want to listen to you. Um, so it's something that grabs their attention in a nice way. And it's either the sound of your voice. It's the fact that you followed the directions beautifully or you took a little bit different slant on how to begin. And I um, one of the things that I that I share with my um, people on one on one is for casting sites, you don't have to start on the first line, you know, they're, they are not going to listen. If, if, if it's a two minute explainer video, mm -hmm. they're not going to read. They're not going to listen to you voice 300 words of copy. You know, they're going to listen and make a decision and then hire you and give you the job. And then you go on from there. Um, so nobody's going to not hire you because you didn't read the whole project. You know, <laughs> they're not, if they love your voice, they're going to quickly hire you and then move forward. So, I like to, I like to find that little magical spot in a, in a casting site audition that takes the listener out of their boredom. Well, and on that note, um, how long of an audition are you, you know, knowing they're only listening to three, five, maybe 10 seconds? I mean, 
I know in the past I've done make 20 seconds. Like I just find a good chunk and then I just go, I'm not doing the whole thing anyway. What, what's sort of your strategy if you'll share? It really depends on the story you're telling in that script. Every script is a story. Even if it's short, there's a story in there. So you got to find a way to deliver a portion of that story so that it's contiguous and it makes sense to the listener. Um, so that that's what I try to do. And I think that um, that's why it, when you have such a short amount of time to audition properly, if you spin your wheels for 30 minutes on a casting site audition, there is going to be 50 to 100 people that get it in by the time you send it in. And with casting sites, it really is getting it in early is good. If you're great, if you're a pro and you've got a great voice and you trust your your chain and your system and your room and your editing is you don't even think about it and you're just being yourself the chances of booking are way higher because you just relax you be yourself you give them um you know 10 15 second read and if you the good thing about not doing everything is if you think there's a second take in you you don't ever want to bore them by doing the same exact thing twice right so you think of a different way to do it and you give them two takes that are really different while still sort of following the the script the uh, direction. I like that. And I'll tell you, what I was going to say is that my little tricks and stuff that I've developed, for seven years, I have interviewed every person that has hired me. I've made it my goal to talk to them. I don't just get, like, if I'm, if I get hired off of voice one, two, three, even I'm a platinum on voice one, two, three. If, if somebody finds me, they hear something, we want to book you. I don't go, I don't just type in a message. Great. I'll have it over for you today. Bye. Thanks. I go, Hey, I have a couple of questions. Can you, do you mind jumping on a quick zoom with me? And boy, I'll tell you 80% of the time they go, yeah, send, send me a link or they'll go, I can't now. How about tomorrow morning? But when they get on there, then I have all kinds of fun things I want to ask them. And I, I just, you know, and I, I'll go on to their Instagram or their LinkedIn and I'll find out about who they are and what they're proud of and the stuff that they're putting out. And without a doubt, every single person that I've talked to has backed up all the things that I do in my training for, and what I do for myself, because I only want to do the shit that works, you know? I don't want to keep doing stuff that doesn't work. I only want to do stuff that does work. Yep. So this kind of ties into the whole idea of you want to get the audition in, you want to secure the job, but then what we've, you know, the, the horse we've beaten to death is, but you want to build the relationship. Yeah. And to me, honestly, that's been the funnest part of my job. Any job I've had is interacting with people and becoming part of their life in some way. And with, with voice acting, it's exactly the same. I will never, I don't care if it's a $300 job or a $6,000 job. If they book me or are interested in me, that I'm going to get them on a Zoom and talk about things. I'll, uh, and it, it'll be as simple as, how do you want the file? Wave MP3. Do you want me to process it? Do you want it raw? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? Which one of the two samples that I sent you did you like? Did you know there was a second sample? Um, and then when I get them on that Zoom, I make sure they know everything that I'd love to do for them, whether it's this job or, hey, I do character voices too. I, I'll do your, I'll do, sometimes when people hire me for e-learning, I'll tell them, hey, by the way, I do voice messaging and IVR. So I'm doing this e-learning for you. How about I do your company's voicemail? And they go like, oh, you do that too? Well, hell yeah, I'll do that. So that they'll get an e-learning and they'll also be the, I'll be the one going, thank you for calling so-and-so. Hold on just a second. We'll be with you in a minute. You know, I'll do that all day long. That's awesome. I love that multitasking and, and pulling in something new. Um, I wanted to do a quick room reset because we are already at the half hour. I cannot believe how fast that's gone by. Wow. Damn. It's crazy. Um, if you've just joined us or you're new to our group, we're VO Booth Besties and our goal is to help working voice actors get the answers they need to their questions from the pros like Brad Highland, who know. And tonight we're joined by Brad and we're discussing casting sites. So back to you, JT. 
Thank you very much. Um, NJ, I'm guessing we've got some questions from the chat. We do, we do. All right, well, we're gonna start from our Facebook group um, page. And um, Marcella asked, how much editing, she uses the word should, would you do for an audition to include EQ, normalize, are we declicking, are we taking up breaths, kind of the, you know, the same questions, but again, new ears. So what mm -hmm. is your take on processing? Um, processing is going to be different for everybody because this bit, there are no cookie cutter stamp voiceover businesses. But I'll, I'll tell you, for me, when I'm giving somebody, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, I want them to hear the best that I've got. So I, I'm, I'm in a great studio. I have, I've got great equipment. I completely trust my chain and everything about it. And I don't have to worry about, oh my God, I'm going to have to go in and, and post and, and redo this and stitch together this part of that one and this part of that one. I just do it. And then it's really easy to edit and off it goes. And I just apply, I use, I use Logic Pro, which is like driving a Lamborghini for a cup of coffee to 7-Eleven, you know, it's just what I started and what I, I love to use. And it's, and it's easy for me. Most people use Adobe Audition, but if you trust your system and you're good at it, um, you can send out broadcast quality sound really quickly. And I honestly, if if they're going to listen to 20 or 30 or 50 or 100, I don't want them to not choose me because somebody else had a better sound. I want to be I want to be the best sound they can hear. And then often that's why I have the chats with them when they hire me or even if they're interested in me. Because they they may say, actually, your your audition was killer good. My engineer is a total, you know, wiener about that. So I need absolutely raw. And I'm thinking, fine, that's great. And actually, if you want it both ways, it's just a click of a button. I can send you raw and I can send you processed. Um, and my processing is very basic. It's just, you know, EQ, um, you know, DSer, and EQ. it's just very, very basic. But when it goes out, it's ready to go on TV if that's what they want to do with it. Okay, awesome. So um, let's keep going with this. So we're talking about online casting sites. So guys, please drop your questions in the chat if you have them. Um, tiers. So we know that different sites have different tiers you can pay into. Mm -hmm. And it can be very intimidating. I mean, in, in yeah, our audience sure. tonight, we have a mix of newer to the industry. We have you know, um, maybe hobbyists, we have working pros, uh, who are in our audience. And so what would you tell, let's say more of the new to the industry and hobbyists who are trying to balance different sites and still try to find work? Um, you know, do they make the big investment up front? Do they, do they go for the top tier? Do they go middle of the road? Um, do they just, wait at the bottom at the free account and, you know, hope they kind of get the crumbs. What's your take on that? Um, it's so, it's so individual for everybody and not, there's not one size fits all, but if, if you're talking about like uh, voice one, two, three, as an example, um, voice one, two, three has a free, they have the, the regular premium, which is, I don't know, 300, 399 or 400. And then mm -hmm. you can you can go up in tiers 600, 888, 1200, you know, all the way on up to platinum. And platinum is awesome. I'm a platinum there, um, and I wouldn't trade it in for anything. But there's a very there's a very short list of people who are platinum, and the, there's a growing waiting list for people that want to be on the platinum. Um, generally speaking, if you can afford a higher tier, and you're really good and you don't have any issues with your performance or your sound or your editing, if you can afford to go into the 1200 or the 20 something hundred level, it will pay off for you. But the thing with voice one, two, three is you still have to be careful because you can jump in and audition your face off. And if you don't have the right um, ratio of likes to what you're sending out, the algorithm will, screen you i call it crushing you although rolf yeah. wouldn't like that term but um you're gonna you're you're not gonna see the great stuff and you're gonna be pushed down into the basement on their rankings and you want to be in the top 
-hmm. top 30, top 20, top 10% to be able to see the the good opportunity. Well, and that, that just drives home what you said earlier in the interview that you've got to do your research because yeah, like voices, um, voices.com is going to have a tiered system. Voices one, two, three is going to have a tiered system, but they're going to have different algorithms and different factors that move you around. Yeah. And I'll tell you voices.com. I don't want to go into the, yeah, the weeds on each one, but I'll tell you voices.com people like to call them the evil evil empire and everybody knows why it's because they charge the voice actor they charge the voice buyer and then they charge 20 percent on top of every job that you do right yeah they also have that little tier of managed jobs where they have all those sharpshooters sitting in the top floor in london ontario and someone will come into the platform with hey i got a tv commercial i got you know, two grand for a budget and they'll go, hey, hey, whoa, 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 let me uh, help you with that. And then they will filter it down and guarantee great quality, which they can because they have so many hundreds of thousands of players. Um, But you just have to know, you have to know all the different things. And the thing about voices is there's no algorithm that crushes your... Right. Well, that's what I mean. So that's what's, yeah, learning the different, um, during, during, you know, and then Vidalgo is going to have a different uh, a different one. And then there's, and again, there's just many. There's also just Yeah, many. they're all different. They're all different. And um, Vidalgo is good, but it's a very discerning yep. European-based voice buyer. And if you're just beginning, I would steer away from Vidalgo until you're you're proven. Um, so, okay. So let's say we are on any number of casting sites. Is there a like quantifiable, like a, 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 an audition to booking ratio? I know it's, I know you're going to say it depends on the person, but I'm saying kind of generally speaking, is it really just pump out those auditions, um, as quickly as you can? I, w- I would say, gen- yeah, again, you're going to hate this answer. Yes, it's it's particular to each person and their level. Right. But all things being equal, if everything you've got is firing on all cylinders and you have an afternoon to audition, the idea is to get as many out there as you can because they're all going to be perfect and they're all going to be bookable. It's just a matter of whether you're the right voice that they have okay. in their head. Yep. Um, and then that, because... It is a it is a game at the beginning until you get a bunch of returning customers. And when you get that magical amount of people that keep coming back to you, that is what keeps your business floating and makes you grow. Um, and it's it's the returning customers. That's the gold. Yep. Because you could just keep playing the game. You could just keep playing the game and not work on those relationships, not try to grow it yeah. you know, beyond. Yeah. But yeah. So. How about, um, we've had a couple of questions in the chat. How about um, your proposal letter? You know, I, I've i heard most casting, they're not reading your, you know, your whole backstory and this is how many revisions I'll give you, da, 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 da. You know, are, do you have a templated letter? Do you even offer a proposal or do you do it after that you've been hired? Most, most of the sites have, um, you can create a template letter. And then I just amend it with a couple of words here and there based on what's okay. happening. But generally speaking, and I've this is through all my interviewing of all my customers over the last seven years, they don't read those. They don't, yeah. you know, other than the top, top line or something, they're not stopping and going, okay, I have, I have a hundred auditions here for this one job. I'm going to listen for a second, click, uh, the voice wasn't very good. Let me go read their letter. No. Right. If your if your voice was good, they may read a couple of lines of your proposal letter, but probably not. It's yeah. it's really just um, put it there in case they come back to you in the process of you've been shortlisted, you made it to the second cut. Now they're going to read a little bit about your specifics. Okay, that's so, why it's, don't, that's, don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, and that's and that's what I've been told historically. Yeah, that's I mean have it, but don't think that's going to be the hook. Right, um, it's the audition. Uh, mm-hmm. Another really great great question. Um, oops, I just lost it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a mind reader, so. All right. No. Um. Oh my gosh! It was so, oh here it is. Uh, um, educating the customer, educating the client. So I know I have in the past, um, have auditioned for a job that 
I didn't like the, or the rate was not commensurate with industry standard uh, or what that I felt it was valued at. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead and auditioned for it anyway. I'll be curious kind of what your approach is. I went ahead and auditioned for it, but then made the caveat, you know, hey, you know, one, let's the horrific term in perpetuity, you know, one, I, you know, I could do this job, you know, based on the usage and rate for this amount of time, you know, if you need to stay in this budget, but I can't do it for in perpetuity. You know, are you auditioning for jobs if they are and then trying to educate the client after the fact or trying to renegotiate the terms or do you just bypass those if they're not on if they're not on point you just move on some of them i bypass and don't waste my time others if they're a perfect match for me and the budget is pretty good that's just the term a lot of times these voice buyers are clicking buttons and they really don't have a clue exactly. about what what it means so they're going through oh yeah in perpetuity yeah i guess that's right click you know all these things i never want to slam the door on a good opportunity. So if somebody has terms that like on, on one, two, three, for example, if there's a job for an explainer video and it's 500, $600 and it's a minute and a half video and I know I'm perfect for it and they have terms in there that, you know, I need to talk to them about, like they'll be sort of ambiguous. You know, they'll say like um, possibly some digital media and they'll include that in there. I will go for it with all the gusto I can. And in my note, I'll say, I'll either choose to be determined for the rate on voice one, two, three, you can pick, you know, all the, you can pick all the different dollar amounts you want. I'll go all the way to the bottom of that list. And there's a to, a to be determined. I'll choose that. Then there's no dollar amount in there. And I'll say in my note, I think I'm perfect for this. Uh, if my voice is a match, let's chat on a quick Zoom and I'll understand your usage better. And I can't tell you how many times people have reached out that way. And they said, yeah, we really love your voice. What are your questions? Well, let's get on a quick Zoom. And then we talk about it. And then when I say, as an example, I'll say, well, you have perpetuity in perpetuity. If this is just a web video, those are in perpetuity anyway, you know, and are you putting this on digital paid placement of any way? Nope, 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 nope. And it's not going to be TV. It's not going to be radio. No. Okay. Well then we're good to go. Let's, let's talk about getting this thing knocked down. And what's, what do you have coming up that I can do for you? you know? Yeah, that's, per- that, that's perfect. I mean, what a, a perfect approach. Um, so some folks, again, I know I, we're not going to try and get in the weeds on this, Brad, cause I know we could go, <laughs> we could go hours on voices.com. So two questions on voices.com again, is the limitation of being able to build that relationship off mm-hmm. the platform, which is yep. basically non-existent unless the client's kind of doing a backdoor conversation. Uh, do you have a comment on that? Yeah. And uh, I, I have pushed the boundaries once or twice, um, you know, a few years ago when um, I, I, I just, I didn't even remember. I just was typing away because I thought I was on voice one, two, three. And then I get a little nasty gram saying, hey, you're not allowed to do that. And I'll go, oh, oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, but there is a way once in a while on voices if if you've booked a job um, that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be subversive and, you know, make the customer feel icky about it. But there are ways that you can, you can deal with people directly. I have many, many people over the years that have just ended up finding me eventually, especially if you're in a directed session on a voices job. Yep. Um, because then it's just you and the customer. That's right. And they ask all kinds of questions. I remember I created a pretty big stink back in the day. This is, geez, maybe 2017. A customer booked me for something and on, on voices. And then I got this desperate, message at Saturday at like 11 at night. If we don't get this thing signed, this job is going away. And I was like, I don't want it to go away. It was like a, a $600 uh, explainer video for Guadalajara or something. And I said, send it to me. I'll do it. So I, I gave them my email and they got mad at me because I did that. But I told them, I said, this job was going to be gone. They couldn't get anybody because you're closed. And I signed it and sent it to them. So it happens. Um, another question people are kind of getting, um, mentioning, you know, what are you including in your proposal? 
my question and which I want you to answer that too. But my, my, my question is when you are dealing with online casting sites and you are, you know, working with the customer, a client, are you supplying them with an, your own contract or your own, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of just uh, an agreement, you know, your, your kind of uh, your own agreement and having them sign it separately, or are you relying on whatever is coming through the casting site? Does that um, make sense? It's, yeah. And it, it's a mixture. I have a contract if I feel like I need one. If somebody hires me and they're overseas and it's the first time, I'll make them pay me up front before I do anything, which okay. they've done. I've had I've had people that can't use PayPal because of where they are, like in Turkey or something. And they've sent me cash through Western Union, which is fine. I'll go to my giant food and get four or $500 <laughs> cash. I don't care. Um, but I use, I use my invoicing with contract detail that shows exactly what can and can't be done. Because either way, whether you have a contract that you sign or it's an invoice that they're paying, it's still a legal document. Okay. And I just make it clear that if they are using it, I put in my, I put in there, this is no, broad, no broadcast media, no paid placement of any kind. This is for website usage only. And if you want to do it, I'm happy to talk to you about those rates. If it is paid placement or broadcast, I make sure that the terms are clear and that if they want to renew after a year, it's cost plus 10%. And here's the date that we're going to talk, you know, so that and I put that into my calendar so that I remember. Now, James just brought up a fantastic point, which we've also seen buzzing around. And if you're a member of Nava, you've seen this as well. Are you including an AI writer in, in addition to whatever you're putting in your invoice or your contract? Um, not generally. Uh, okay. I stay away from all AI. Anything that looks like it's AI geared, even if they're trying to pretend it's not, I don't get involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I feel like there is something in there, I will put, I will put in something about this is not to be reused and blah, blah. They're going to eventually, if people are crappy, they're going to do whatever they want and you, and you maybe right. you'll find out, maybe you won't. Um, right. Right. So let's, um, let's talk just a bit on this because I know there have been some, um, people maybe newer to the industry or even, um, you know, working actors who may have misinterpreted some auditions. Um, often there is what's called TTS. You'll see this pop up in a lot of the online casting sites. Can you tell folks what that is and why they might not want to be a part of that? Well, TTS generally stands for talk to speech. And yep. if you see, if you see something, especially if it's, especially if it's from a foreign country, um, and it it it'll it'll say like um, they'll give you a, a guesstimate on how many hours it is or how many words it is. And the mistake or the thing that's hard for people, especially if they're new, is they'll see three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars. And they go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to audition for a three thousand dollar job. And then you'll find out it's, you know, twenty five thousand words of I'm riding a bike. You're riding a bike we are riding a bike and you're going to send that in and they're just going to be turned into, into uh, talk to speech, AI algorithm stuff, and it'll be used for the next millennia and you won't get a dime for it. And it can be used on things that you have no, you absolutely don't want to do it. I had a contract. I had Rob um, say the last name for me. Skigumpaglia. Yep. No, Skigumpaglia. Yeah. I hired him to look at a contract for me a couple of years ago because somebody found me and they said, we want you to do your Morgan Freeman imitation for this big gaming thing. And this company uh, based out of LA, their monthly budget was bigger than every movie studio you could imagine that that kind of money. And they, we had a contract and I wasn't comfortable with it. He looked at it and we, we, uh, you know, I, I, I got his help in phrasing it exactly how it needed to be phrased so that I could say things like my voice will never be used for um, selling tobacco products or pornography, whatever it was. Uh, and not your rate isn't what I'm going to agree to. It's going to be this rate. And we sent it along and they said, yeah, no, thanks. So they went and found a 
you know, a different sucker. So. And another thing, um, you may not see for many folks, you may not see TTS where it's very obvious what they're trying to do. Um, like Brad had mentioned earlier, you also may just get a list of quotations where it like just quotes where it just looks like, oh, well, this is easy. And it'll just, you know, it'll just look like a sentence in quotation marks and they'll usually be short, but there'll be like a list of like 50, <laughs> you know? So again, they may try to be less obvious about what mm -hmm. they're trying to do, but that's still. Yeah. And, um, everybody knows Bev standing story. My good fed, my good friend, Bev. And she had a contract with somebody that was um, where they just completely didn't honor the contract she put together. And she ended up being the voice of TikTok when that's not what the job was. Um, so it sort of it threw light on all of this um, AI and TTS and everything about it, which, you know, I'm grateful for what she did for this industry with sharing that story. Yeah, that was significant <laughs> indeed. Um, let's see. Hey, AB, do you have a couple questions you wanted to add in or anything that I have that I've missed by chance? I'm I think we wanted to know um, I'm scrolling back up where I put my I put them in all the way at the beginning. Um, oh, okay. So how many how many sites do you think and I, I think we kind of talked about this before but can we talk to the should you just jump into all of these casting sites at once you know invest your tax return and join them all or should you join one at a time and learn them slowly i i yeah i don't think you should do what i did which was to jump in on everything um i that's how i started kicking indoors when i started just because i didn't know any better Fortunately, I was able to book on everything, you know, all the sites that I was using. Um, I would never suggest you just get on all of them to start. I think you have to have a really balanced approach to your business. It has to be long term and you have to own all the aspects of what you do. Marketing, um, taxes, invoicing, tracking your expenses, everything, including, you know, how do you get your work? And direct marketing has to be part of what you do. Um, so if you have all those things in place and you have a casting site or two, then you have a machine that can really crank out the opportunities. And once you get the opportunities, you get more bookings. When you get more bookings, those are all, and you you treat the people right. And they know that you want to do more work with them rather than just one explainer video. That's when the magic happens because those are the people that really make this job the best job on earth it's true it's true those long lasting relationships um do you think do you think it's necessary what do you think is the i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this to pay for the highest tier to get quality jobs and i know we've talked about the tiers but what my point is do you feel like that someone can work at the lower tiers and still get good quality jobs? Absolutely. Yeah, I know people that are at the, um, they're students that are working with me and there's friends of mine that are at the 600 or the 888 or the $1,200 level and they're really good voice actors. So they have a very high booking rate and they're also good at having people um, come back to them. They're not just gonna, the voice buyers, they're not looking to make their lives more more complicated. They don't want to have to go through this big process to find the voice. If they can get, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 voice actors split male, female, and they don't ever have to go back to a casting site, that's what they'll want to do. Um, it's just about finding the right voice quickly and making their customers really happy with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, last question. Um, what would you say is a good booking to audition ratio that people should be shooting for? Or is there, is it just subjective? It's totally subjective. And I've heard, I've heard some big time players say that, Hey, if you're not booking one out of 10, I don't know why you're getting up in the morning, which is, a, which really is, is kind of a, a mean sort of a crappy thing to say. Cause there's, there's not a whole lot of people out there that'll tell you that they're booking one out of 10 auditions. And if they are, it's very cultivated um, 
agent kind of a thing. If you're just a meat and potatoes, full-time voice actor, and you're doing great and you're growing your business, the booking ratio, the, the, um, the booking to audition ratio can be, you know, one and a half to 5% of what you do. And that's why it's important to do a lot of auditioning. When you, when it's time to audition, you do a lot and they're all perfect. And you send out these beautiful broadcast ready chunks. And then the rest of the time you're taking care of returning customers and your marketing and, you know, making sure people are happy. And I, I do a lot of marketing, reaching out to people that have booked me before. If they booked me a year ago and they haven't booked me recently, they're somebody that I reach out to and say, Hey, I love doing, I love doing that, that, um, butcher explainer video for you. I'm ready to do anything more. Is there anything I can help you with? You know? And even if they say, Oh no, it was great to talk to you. I don't have anything now, but you're at the top of my list. And when something comes up, piece of cake. Yeah, I love it. Um, NJJT, any more questions or do you want me to wrap up? I think we can probably wrap it up. All right. Well, it's we are we are at an hour and Brad, we thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you popping in and uh, but before you go, we like to ask our guests a couple of questions just a little James Lipton style. So, <laughs> First question, what singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> if the Doobie Brothers are playing, I'm listening. I, I'm old school. I'm, a re I'm an old dude, so it's the old rock and roll stuff. And I will tell you, I'm really excited. We just bought tickets to see queen in baltimore this summer nice oh, wow and i'm really excited we got really good seats to see queen that's going to be awesome that is that is epic mm -hmm. adam lambert you know yeah exactly um all right what podcast do you have you been listening to lately i love podcasts and i'll tell you flat out that i am a i'm a poor student and I do not listen to them like, oh, I got to listen to this one now. I, when something comes up and I remember to listen, I listen. Um, I, yeah, it's, there's not one that sticks out. There's a few that I always listen to because they're out there a lot and they're, I'm going to be on another one coming up for, um, actually I think Thursday or something. Troy Holden has one that I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, when that, when I see them pop up, I, when I'm doing my morning walk or my evening walk, I throw them in and listen. Um, Jody Krangle's got an amazing podcast. The, the, I think it's called the power of sound. Yeah. Um, but, and Jay Michael's got a, there's so many, man, there's just so many. All right. Um, what is your favorite dessert? Um, desserts you said with an S dessert. or dessert. Oh, dessert. One dessert. One dessert. Um, this is going to crush people, but I love shoe fly pie or I, I key lime know. or key lime pie, real key lime pie from the, the areas that know about key lime pie. You go to a restaurant and everyone says, oh, we have the best key lime pie ever. I'm really, do you? All right, I'll try your key lime pie. And one bite, it's like, uh, no, you don't have the best key lime pie. <laughs> I make a pretty mean key lime pie. I won't lie. All right. I will test good it. stuff. And That's I will good. tell you if it's good. <laughs> um, okay. So we want everybody to know that's listening. If you want to connect with Brad, you can Please. go to AmericanVoicePower.com. I know you don't have a ton of room for students, right? But you do take a few every now and then. Um, I... I coach only who I want to, and I always have a Zoom with somebody to gauge where they are. I don't want, I, I, it's not that I don't want, I'm not a great person to help somebody go, hey, my mom just said I should be a voice actor, what do I need to do? I want the person who has, has a nice recording space, they have a demo, they've had some training, and they're just not getting the traction. Those are the people that I love helping the most, and I'd love to talk to anybody that wants to email me. My email is brad at AmericanVoicePower.com. Um, yeah, and it's a free Zoom just to get to know each other for a few minutes. And I have bandwidth in, you know, 
middle of this month and next month. Um, I'll be traveling in May. All um, right. So now you know how to get to him and I'll turn it over to JT. All right. Thank you so much again for joining us, Brad. And thank you to all of you in the audience for joining us as well. Thank you so much, everyone. We want to remind everyone that VO Booth Besties has grown to two nights a week, so we invite you to join us on Monday and Thursday nights. Ooh. So joining, so yeah, we're very excited. We're getting back on track with our Thursday night, uh, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, for our VO 101 series, where we talk about finding resources and tools and coaching. Um, meanwhile, so you'll definitely want to tune into that if you are new to the industry or are growing your business. Um, it will be JTAB and myself, and we will be sharing lots of information for you guys. Uh, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn, follow B VOBB on Facebook and LinkedIn, and as I put in the chat, join our new VO Boothy, <laughs> Boothy, <laughs> VO Booth. Besties, Besties. Facebook group. <laughs> Woo, I got it. Uh, if you want to hear replays of tonight's episode or any previous discussions, you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also access it through our website, which is boothbesties.com. And because that's not enough, all of our podcasts are available on YouTube podcasts as well in video format. So you can't Yay. say you can't find us. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's it thanks again for joining us everyone and thank you so much everybody that listened all along bye bye good night hey everybody thanks for listening to another episode of vo booth besties be sure to subscribe to our podcast well pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts and follow us on instagram and facebook so we can keep the conversation going vo, VO booth, booth besties, besties. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a thing, thing.